Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the podcast, Fenced In. You are with uh, me, Ben, and Chris today, like you were last week, actually. And uh, today is Chris's birthday, actually, so we're going to wish him a, a very happy birthday. Um, Chris, give us a bit more about how your, how your wonderful birthday's been and, and who you are, just so you can remind the listeners. Oh, thank you. Today has been absolutely amazing. I've been surprised so much and uh, it's been, I think, probably way better than it would have been if we weren't in lockdown um, because it's made people make so much more effort, which has been amazing. So thank you to you, Ben, and everybody else that's wished me happy birthday. Uh, and I've got a brother that made me an amazing video, a collage of videos and photos and all sorts. Um, it was about 15 minutes long, but that really had me going. It was quite emotional. Um, but really, really, really very good. Um, and yeah, I'm Chris, a foil friend from London, uh, currently in lockdown in Suffolk. Ben, tell us a bit about you. Uh, so uh, just to remind everybody, uh, I'm Ben Peggs and um, I am a long time fencer. Um, and Chris and I want to set this podcast up um, to kind of get some information out there to anybody really that is involved in fencing whilst in the lockdown um hence the name fenced in um so chris and i work together um i actually am very fortunate to coach chris um we've been working together for a little while now and um we wanted to kind of just put something out there really to help people that are in lockdown and want kind of new ideas or want to understand kind of what people like chris and i are doing um training wise and what we've seen online um and lots of different ideas we are both pretty experienced um and we are loving some of the comments that came in a little while ago um after episode one and so we're kind of really wanting to engage with you guys and find out what you want to hear um and what you want to kind of talk about or, or want us to talk about um so at the moment in time, we got some feedback um, that some people are obviously feeling quite down at the moment, quite demotivated, quite um, frustrated. It's is it, is it week three, Chris, that we've been in lockdown? Yeah, I think it's been about three weeks that we've been in lockdown in the UK. It's obviously been longer since fencing clubs have stopped. Um, so I, I don't think I've fenced for about four weeks now, which is probably the longest time in a while. How long has it been for you? Uh, yeah, it, this, this, I was saying today, it, it does feel like the longest part of my career that I haven't fenced for, which is utterly bizarre. And, and I think what what this episode is going to be about is psychology. Um, and, and I think I texted you earlier on this week, didn't I? And I, I said that I was feeling quite demotivated, quite down and, and just like almost well, there was one day when I felt a little bit lost. And, and I mean, have you have you kind of felt like that at all yourself? Yeah, I haven't really felt down about anything, but I've definitely started to feel like fencing is missing from my life. And I'm doing a lot of work on fitness uh, and home-based strength training. But the fencing-specific stuff I'm finding quite hard to do because I don't have a target date. Whenever I've been away, whenever whenever I've been based abroad, uh, which actually has only been once, it, it was much easier to do that. Or over the summer, for example, you know, when, when clubs shut down a bit and there are no competitions, you know what you're aiming for. You know that the satellite season is on and you kind of know where the start date is and when you're going to taper and do things. But I found that with the fencing specific training, it's quite hard to, to give yourself specific kind of footwork goals or say, right, I'm going to do half an hour of this every day. I've actually put together a training program uh, since we last spoke 
partly based on yours so that I have a bit more structure to my training and that I can oh, yeah. incorporate uh, fencing specific exercises. But I, like I said, I'm finding it quite hard because I, I don't need more direction, though, like setting yourself a kind of like timetable. I don't know about direction, but it's helped me spread out my training and make sure I hit certain targets a bit more. Mm. So something I'm doing now that I wasn't last week is that I, I've I'm aiming to do fencing and pad work on my dummy two to three times a week and i'm doing agility sessions twice a week but again without knowing what you're aiming for uh, and without actually being able to fence it feels very hard to to do something in isolation without then putting it in context if that makes yeah, sense yeah completely i think the other doing... thing that's quite difficult is not having people around you to also also like motivate you push you drive you want to catch them that kind of stuff so when certainly when you and i have lessons you know we, we kind of feed off each other right or if you're a, a you know a training session you feed off of the people around you and and training in isolation you kind of miss that kind of you know motivation from other people you know yeah absolutely after we've had a lesson we usually fence as well and that's quite an interesting dynamic i mean i, I might say they're mind games they aren't necessarily mind games but there are certain things you want to practice but you think mm. well i can't do that because he knows it's coming because we've been working on it and <laughs> also you pull things out of the stops that i haven't seen as you say you know you want to catch people you want to you, you want to try stuff you want to fence hard you want to have fun you want to you know there's there's a lot going on but as you say with by yourself that's something that's quite hard to achieve what, what, what do you think and how have you got anybody near you have you when you've been doing your workouts have you found you've got people doing something similar like kind of in your because you've got a communal yeah. garden i think where you are now yeah definitely i think you know like i mentioned earlier on psychologically it's been harder this week it was kind of a bit new this whole lockdown thing when it first happened it was like oh here's, here's something different let's let's be imaginative but come week three you start to feel like <laughs> the the imagination is 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 running out um, and, you know, it's starting to, you know, like I, I, I put in last week's episode and I sent over to you, I, I did a, a training kind of diary and I wanted to know what I was doing and timetable of each day. And it was, it felt very good. It felt kind of purposeful. It felt like I had some direction, but after three weeks of doing that and training quite hard, it's kind of, okay, this, this is now tough because I'm not getting other stimulus. I, and, and like you, you just said, you know, am I training anybody? Well, I'm, I'm very fortunate that we do have a kind of communal area um, and, and my girlfriend um, likes to work out. So I've been doing some working out with her. Those, those that actually follow me on Instagram and on Facebook uh, would have seen some quite ridiculous videos that have been sped up um, in ultra fast time. Um, us doing lots of circuits, but even training with her, which is great because we both feed off each other. Um, you know, it's not the same as being in a, in a competitive training environment um, that we usually find ourselves in. So I've actually, um, I think I mentioned this la in, in last episode when we gave a brief overview of kind of all the different things that go into being an athlete um, and the things we touched on a few different things. Um, I think we tried to almost hit seven points, really. And we gave brief kind of ideas about things. But hence why I wanted to really hit psychology today, because it's been something that I, I felt has hit me hard this week. And so I've been making a conscious effort to try and make that better. And so every morning now, and I'm so lucky that the weather is, is, is good. I've been going out on the balcony. Um, so I get up straight away, chuck a tracksuit on, go and sit out on the balcony and I do my Headspace app. Now, for those of you that don't know Headspace, um, it, it's basically um, an app that is 
designed to help you meditate effectively. Um, it's a breathing exercise. Now, it's quite a, a, a developed Western version of, of meditation. Um, and it's the idea of being present. So it's the idea of kind of bringing all your thoughts to, to the very uh, here and now, the kind of cent central point, rather than allowing the mind to wander and drift and, and, and kind of dart everywhere. We often find that when we are going about any form of training or, or even just day to day, um, most of the time we're thinking about what's going to happen next or what has happened. We're very rarely in the present. Um, and actually, it's amazing sometimes how we look back at things and go, God, I really wish I enjoyed that more. I really wish I'd kind of been there. And so we're always thinking about the next thing. And that can become very tiring. And actually, it can make you quite anxious and stressed at times when there are competitions on the horizon, when there are tough training sessions on the horizon, um, or even like we're all kind of suffering from now, which is at times boredom um, or lack of motivation. And so what I've been doing is trying to start the day in a very refreshed mindset. Now, I use the the, the Headspace app um, right up until competition. Um, I think it's really good to to get that kind of breathing flow to kind of collect your thoughts, be there in, in, in the present moment and just allow your yourself that little bit of space in the mind as they kind of describe it. Um, and that's been really beneficial, kind of getting up in the morning, starting really fresh and actually then going to training gives me a kind of renewed sense of purpose. I'm here, this situation, I can't change it. Everybody else is going through the same thing. And so I'm going to try and make the most of what I'm doing today and, and really enjoy it. The weather's beautiful. I'm sat out on the balcony. I've got some fresh air and I'm just focusing on my breathing and taking 10 minutes for myself. And I, I, I did that all the way up to the European champs um, last season. And, and it was it was it really, really helped me, especially in crucial times in the fights when, you know, things started to to either go really well or go really wrong. And when things go really well, you start thinking about the future. Oh, my God, I'm going to win this fight. I'm going to move into the last 32, the last 16 of a World Cup. Isn't that amazing? Or if things start to go really badly, you start thinking, oh, my God, if I lose, how bad is that going to be? Um, I've worked so hard for this. I shouldn't be losing this early. I shouldn't be losing to this fencer. And your mind detracts from the very present and what you're doing. And so for me, I find this app exceptionally useful just to bring myself into the present. And now it's more crucial than any other time I'm finding. Yeah, I think that's probably very true. And I find I've tried to do something similar myself, actually. So in my training program, every day I've scheduled uh a bit of mindfulness so i don't actually use the headspace app i my i just set a timer for five minutes and find some music on youtube there are some kind of medicine music or sounds of the ocean yeah. or something uh and i just press play and i sit there five minutes i did start out using the headspace app but what actually when i got to the end of the free trial uh <laughs> i stopped using it and i just yeah, decided but i also kind of stopped i it, it's quite interesting because i sort of stopped using it because it was the end of the free trial and then I stopped doing it rather okay. than continuing on my own so I've had to make an effort to do that but I've definitely found that when I do it I feel much better and this is a great time to set positive habits and this is a positive habit because what it does is it it teaches you to behave and think in a certain way about thoughts uh certain thoughts there, there are no good or bad thoughts but what you do with them like nerves aren't a bad thing but acknowledging them is important if you try yeah, to like absolutely. shut them down and like shove them away 
then nothing positive comes from that. But if you kind of almost embrace it, if that makes sense, and kind mm. of use it to your advantage, and that I find goes really well. And I think with mindfulness, and there are all sorts of different things out there. I, I'm not an expert on mindfulness and meditation and all the variants and what different people claim uh, or, you know, ways of doing it. But something I've heard before that I found really helpful is the idea of blue sky. Mm. And that effectively, you know, what you're trying to do. So, you, you know, I start and you sort of do a scan of your body from top to toe, focus on your breathing, scan of your body. How's everything feeling today? And then you kind of let your mind wander a bit in the present mm-hmm. and you see what thoughts pop in. And each thought is effectively a cloud. And really what you're aiming for is to have blue sky with no clouds. But, yeah, you know, if clouds come in, that's OK. You kind of, you know, let them take their natural course. See see where that goes it might be kind of slightly more fear-based or something more excited but by the end of it you'll feel better about it because they've taken their course and you'll have probably learned something or they'll have been dealt with and they'll have kind of disappeared on their own and you might be left with blue sky there might be days where you've got dark and stormy sky mm. but you know some that i found that to be actually really helpful and that's still how i approach that and i found as you said it's at the moment it's especially it can be especially hard to stay motivated and when you're feeling a bit funny well it's a really easy habit to fall out of but it's only five minutes it literally takes nothing you don't even need to have music if you want to sit in silence that's fine as well Uh, and even if even if your mind wanders to i wonder how long has passed that's okay as well because you're still doing the exercise that is the acceptance isn't it which you know I, i think that's a really good kind of description of as you say the kind of allowing thoughts to just move through the through the mind rather than kind of dwelling on each one um because we all have emotions and and the what you're you're describing there is the idea of kind of mindfulness right which is the acceptance of things rather than trying to force emotions out like the 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 one that i i had with a psychologist once which i thought was great is um he said okay ben do not think of a pink elephant and obviously the first thing that pops into everybody's mind is pink elephant Uh, and it sounds ridiculous but the mind is there to to constantly be active it's there to constantly um scan for things and and have emotions and and so this idea of mindfulness of just allowing the emotions to come in and to to come out again is the idea that you don't dwell on them and you don't fixate on them and you just allow them to pass it's okay to be nervous and it's okay and I, i saw something really great on instagram at the moment which is at the moment in time during lockdown it's there's no right way to feel people are, are you know yeah and, and this was I, I mentioned this to you earlier on which i thought was really great is that um patrick jorgensen who's who's an epe fencer now he got a bronze medal at world champs a few years back um really lovely guy and a former foil fencer actually um you know he put an instagram post up saying that he was feeling so unbelievably demotivated this is a person that has won a bronze medal at world champs this is a a, a highly decorated athlete and they're feeling unbelievably demotivated so much so that it was making me more demotivated actually looking at all of the things that people were doing on instagram and facebook you know doing circuits doing weight training going for long runs finding new challenges online lots of different things in actually for him just getting over the hurdle of a couple of weeks and, and going for a very light jog was was enough that was a, a box ticked for him that was oh, wow, I'm so feeling so demotivated. The only thing I can bring myself to do. And it, for him, it was the lack of, of as we spoke about earlier on, which was the, the goal. There's no goal in sight. And so he's dealing with huge disappointment because, you know, right now there is no more World Cups, no more Grand Prix. Um, you should be competing in Birmingham this weekend. Um, we both should be competing at National Champs in, in, a, in a few weeks, but we aren't. And, and so that disappointment that people are feeling from lack of competition 
means that you almost have a lack of direction and therefore you feel really demotivated and, and so right well, I now think, i think especially probably with so like the the danish epe team at the moment are really kind of making strides i don't know if he's part of that team but whether or not he's part of the team in the the current four-man team yeah, he's he is, definitely yeah. been an influencer and they've they're doing really well on the world circuit you know they're they're kind of in the latter stages and i think that's that's not somewhere the team that team has necessarily been in the past and therefore they're part of something they're building something and it it must it must feel really hard to be building something and have uh you know kind of feel like that's been yanked away at the moment and i'm sure that you know with the the cancellation or i don't know if it's postponement or cancellation but the uh obviously world cups and grand prix but also junior worlds uh junior and cadet world that's yeah. probably something they're feeling as well right because there's only a limited amount of time they can do that for you know there's you know they, they've got age brackets they're limited to yeah, yeah, completely. And and actually, the the, the head coach at our club, um, Dominique, she was uh, she was saying the other day how how uh, a couple of the, the kids that she worked with are, are feeling unbelievably demotivated. One of whom was actually going to the, the the world championships, and 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 very disappointed that he can't be out there. Uh, and you know, there there was a there was a really good thing that came out, um, and and that a couple of senior fences were a part of, where there was a. Um, just a post went out on Facebook and Instagram, um, and I think I think um, Dominique had actually, you know, had this idea. Um, so j- just just for the senior fencers, or or for anybody really, just to kind of reach out to the cadets and juniors that had qualified for the for the World Champs of Salt Lake City, and just say, look, we know you're not competing, we know you're meant to be competing, but you know what? Amazing work on qualifying in the first place and, and we can't wait to see you back on the piste and, and fencing again and, and I think that was a really nice sentiment because it was the fen- fencing community is, is a small one but it also needs to look after each other especially in the UK and I thought it was really nice that actually that idea had come about and we were trying to help these young athletes still feel motivated uh, because the biggest competition that they had on the horizon was suddenly taken away from them and actually, you know, what we're seeing is we're seeing um, at the moment lots of Zoom sessions happening where kids are getting online and they're following coaches' advice um, and direction, which is really good. But it will never replace, obviously, the the the, the, the actual personal contact of a, of a coach and, and uh, taking lessons and all that kind of stuff. And so, as I said, there's no right way to feel at the moment, but there are things that you can do. So, like I mentioned, like Chris just spoke about, the idea of trying to help the mindset develop help get some clarity in 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 the head because that will give you a springboard into being more motivated or whether being more motivated is just actually i'm going to go for a very light job or i'm going to have a stretching session or is motivated i'm going to run six kilometers then i'm going to do a, a sprint session then i'm going to do whatever it is it would be good to start helping the psychology here because everybody is feeling the same way they're feeling flat they're feeling despondent because there's no there's a lack of time scale and so try and find some time in the week now to actually make room for that psychology and, and you've made a great great point the other day chris is that we don't do enough psychology in fencing do we no we don't um i don't think we do at all actually i think it's something that's not really acknowledged as an area for improvement i think we often kind of say ah oh, that person's weak-minded or that person's strong-minded and that's the end of it and it, it goes so much further and actually where when you hear that somebody has a, a sports psychologist you're really impressed because firstly it means they're acknowledging something and also um you know it feels like they're kind of taking the extra step instead of that kind of just being a standardized part of the training i know you know these 
sessions are expensive as well so it's not there you know nobody's going to take them for granted um you know there are other things that you can do and i i grew up around a lot of addiction and recovery from addiction in my family and you know some something that's definitely uh i think become a bit of an outlet you know i've i've never kind of struggled with anything but i think definitely for me and i think lots of fences i know fencing is their addiction it just so happens you can be good at it and it's kind of okay and you can move forward with it and it it brings lots of positivity with it as well but something that i've always heard that i found to be pretty helpful is you can't think to change a thought you know you have to do something to change a thought so as soon as you you know if you're kind of feeling quite negative and things are spinning kind of do something it doesn't matter what you do you know you could do the dishes you got as you say you go out for a run or you kind of make a plan to do something but you can't sit there dwelling on something to change a negative thought absolutely and you've got to be and you've got to know you know it's i say you've got to know yourself and know kind of where your limits are but it's much harder for some people than others whether or no matter how well you might know yourself but to be able to tick the boxes that that you know you need to feel satisfied or feel better about something i don't i don't know if you've ever experienced yeah completely it's about knowing yourself and and i think it's, it's a great point you make i think for me i i always thought when i was younger that psychology never really worked for me uh, and, and now I, you know, I have a sports psychologist who I work with regularly, Jonathan, um, and, and he, he's brilliant. And, and we're and people think the idea of sports psychology is sitting down there and talking about, um, you know, your childhood. And it's really not. Sports psychology is the, the better understanding of yourself and, and the way you react to kind of stressful situations. And actually, you'd be amazed how many people kind of react in similar ways. Um, and so for me, I think what was really nice to see is that psychology is almost like a buffet and you kind of have to make your own plate from that. You have to choose the parts of certain psychology that work. And I've done a lot of reading on psychology and, and it's, it's exhaustive and extensive. Um, but that's a bit like any form of training. There are so many different bits out there. How do you kind of work out what's right for you? And unfortunately, sometimes it is just trial and error. And when you say you've read quite a lot, this might be something that people are quite interested in. What, what kind yeah. of titles have you read or anything that you found to be really helpful? So As I you say, that you can pick and choose from from your plate. Yeah, yeah. So I, I read the book Mindfulness, which was really, really good. Really enjoyed that. And that's kind of a lot of the themes that I'm working on now of the kind of, as we spoke about, the acceptance, the understanding that those emotions, you can't really change them. You just don't have to necessarily give them energy. You can just accept that they're there, but try and bring yourself to the present and deliver the the, the action or things that you're you're doing at the time. Uh, And that's a bit like now feeling demotivated, but accepting you're feeling demotivated, understanding that everyone's in the same boat and and, and try and and find a way to 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 do what's right for you in the current situation. Um, I've also read The Chimp Paradox, which was brilliant. Um, That was really, really good. That was um, written by uh, Dr. Stephen Peters, who actually was the, the sports psych coach for Victoria Pendleton and Ronnie O'Sullivan. Um, so a top right. player and Olympic uh, gold medalist um, from Beijing in cycling. Uh, brilliant. He just describes the, the kind of the, the brain as um, you have your chimp, which is the emotions, which wants to be very animalistic and run riot. And then you have the computer, which is the kind of logical analytical part of the brain. Um, and then inside the, the, the computer, um, which is the logical analytical part of the brain, you might have some gremlins, um, that you need to, which are habits that you can effectively train out of you like you can with any form of training. And then understanding that sometimes the chimp will run riot. Sometimes it will get out of its cage and it's going to go a bit mental. Um, and that you just have to find coping mechanisms or ways to, um, 
hopefully engage with that emotion so that it doesn't become a behavior because we've all found that if you know when we're in stressful situations we revert to things that um are bad habits um you know that that's a big emotional response whereas actually if you're able to understand that you're feeling stressed but still able to deliver some of the new actions or the new things that you're working on with your coach actually you have a higher likelihood of winning but yet that's such a detrimental way of thinking to yourself yeah, yeah, absolutely. because you're like oh no i'm gonna stick to what i know and i feel safe with so there's those kind of things i think those books are, are really good and one can i just I'm... say something on that quickly yeah, i think a behavior on that that i think every single fencer can relate to is wanting to blame the ref or have a go at the ref or saying you know, oh, the ref didn't see this. So, you know, I was refed out of that fight. And actually, there can be a degree of truth to that, you know, but there, there's only so much that referee can do. You are the one in control of your own actions. And sometimes emotions can take over in those moments. Um, and you can, you know, you can look for an outlet and want to blame. I know we've done this in lessons before, actually, where you've really pushed me to the edge. You've really pushed me to when I'm really tired and you want more out of me. And, you know, I've had moments where I really wanted to tell you to piss off. And <laughs> that, that was your aim. You wanted to get to that point sure. and then kind of execute stuff because that's going to happen in matches. And I found as well, you know, this it happened a few years ago to me at, at uh, Nationals, actually. I lost four fights all day, which, you know, it sounds like is quite a lot. But, you know, I I had five pool fights. I won two and I lost three. Five, four, five, four, five, four. And then I lost my last 64 fight. I was by far the lowest seed. I was leading and I lost 15-14. So my losses that day were 5-4, 5-4, 5-4, 15-14. Stressful which day. really, really sucked. And in those moments, in each one of those, it felt like things were building up a bit more. And I was starting, you know, and I was kind of at the same time as blaming the referee, saying I'm not good enough. So you're at the same time saying I'm so good, I shouldn't be losing to this person. And at the same time, I'm not losing. I'm, I'm not good enough. Mm. Um, but... There's a big internal battle there, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. But there are things, you know, there are definitely, even though it sucked at the time, I took a lot away from that. And one of the things is, uh, you know, to be a cool mofo and kind of let let things slide off, you know, like water off a duck's back. Don't let anything get in. And you just kind of hold your head up high every time. And you you just have to know that stuff starts and ends with you. Mm. No matter what's going on, you could be smashing someone, you could be losing awfully, but actually kind of being a, a good sportsman and being kind of on the humbler side really serves you better. That doesn't mean humble is in, yeah, you know, you're going to get every hit, but it just kind of means being in control, which is much easier said than done. But as I understand it, it, it talks me, about but, your yeah. stone of life, which is like your key values and what are important to you. And, and, and it actually talks about how that when we, when those key values are challenged, for example, a big value for me is fairness and if the referee gives a hit the wrong way I, I feel very hard done by I feel like I haven't been treated fairly and so you get an emotional response there so we know that when our core values are challenged we can sometimes get a very emotional response but understanding that we can still demonstrate our core values and actually by people not demonstrating that around us doesn't directly affect us but we can obviously directly affect how we treat our core values um, and, and things like that there was an amazing uh, again just just going back to FA um, there was an amazing, I can't remember who the fences were or where it was, but it was a hit that I saw. And, and um, it, it might have been a world champs. Um, and a, a fence went for a hit as they were like, I think, flashing off the piece. They, they missed and their blade caught the floor on the way through. Even though it was a metal piece, they were flashing. They caught the floor on the way through. Um, and actually they acknowledged that they hadn't scored the touch. And it was an amazing uh, moment, a display of, of, of sportsmanship. Um, and, and that person was obviously clearly displaying 
what to them was a core value, which is fairness. I'm not going to win this by just, you know, taking that hit for no reason. Don't get it wrong. I mean, you know, we, we've all got the, the, the lucky rub of the draw sometimes when it comes to a refereeing call, which is great. But also there's an understanding of what is important to us. And, and as you say, trying to be on the piece and deliver your best performance in the way that you want to deliver that and the way you want to be seen is also crucial. But going back to what you were saying about being pushed, you know, both both of my coaches, both Graham and, and Pavel, um, pushed me physically very hard because at the limit is where you kind of learn the most about yourself. Yeah, I've the, always the thought that. The crass way of, of talking about it. So, yeah, at the moment when it really, really hurts, that's when you kind of psychologically you're, you're feeling it as well. Um, and so actually sometimes when you watch athletes competing, um, we, we, you know, as part of the team we spoke about when we were competing in Cairo is making the phrases as long as possible because not only are you physically exhausting the other, your opponent, but you're also, they're like, oh God, when will this end? When will I be able to deliver my touch? This person just keeps soaking up every action. And we're going for another length. And the more kind of exhausted you can make them, the more mentally exhausted they are as well, and more likely they are to eventually break before you do. That that's hugely important. The how the physical and psychologically are both kind of intrinsically linked, um, which was 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 worked really well for for our team in Cairo. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, there was something one book, which is possibly the only book I've actually read about sports psychology, is called Winning Ugly. Uh, oh, yeah. by by Brad Gilbert really I, yeah tennis tennis book but I think fences kind of throw it around a bit because it was quite good I read it and I made notes but what you're describing is one of the first examples that he lists of a type of player which is the returner which is the a tennis player that basically sits on the back line think of like Murray or Djokovic mm-hmm. that sit on the back line really well and like no matter what you get over the net their their ball just keeps coming back at you so it doesn't like matter wall. it's like a wall and it's really demotivating um and you know we've spoken about you can't break them. You can't break them. And you're like, when is this ever going to end? And then you, you know, you open up, there becomes a chink in your armor and then they get through and they win that point. And you're like, oh man. And you don't know how it happened, but you know that it really drained you. And they're, but they're prepared to battle for every single point. It doesn't matter. They're not trying to do anything necessarily other than keep it alive and keep the ball in play. And I think you're, you're hugely right there. And actually what we're all experiencing right now in lockdown is people are demotivated. People are struggling. But let's not make any bones about it. Trying to win a fight at a high level in high intensity doesn't feel nice. There's no, there's, there's no kind of, oh, this feels really good. Even when you're in the zone, which is, I always hate using that word, but when things are, are very focused and very sharp focus in your thinking, it's when you're at your most in your present. I used to like to use that word present quite a lot. Um, when you really are focused on every touch and what you're trying to achieve for every millisecond of that fight. That's what I like to think of as the kind of really utopia state you find yourself in. Even then, it's hard work, both physically and mentally. Mentally, it takes a lot of stamina as well. And and that's what I like about the headspace stuff is that with the breathing, it requires you to really focus and not let the mind wander. When we do the breathing, like you spoke about, when you're sitting there thinking, how many times does your mind wander and how many times do you have to not get frustrated at yourself because it has wandered, but actually just accept that and just come try and come back to the present. It's hugely, hugely frustrating at times when you can constantly see your mind, mind wandering. And that's about kind of mental stamina as well. So this builds up that kind of focus, a uh, focused attention, which, which is, is, is really important to fencing because at any time the mind can start to wonder about, oh, if I win this and that kind of stuff, like we spoke about earlier on. But I think for anybody that's kind of listening at the moment, there is no right way to feel right now. It is tough. 
it is three weeks in. Everybody felt, oh, this is quite new and interesting and kind of fun to start with. But now we're getting into it. You have to realize that Wuhan's come out of lockdown after being in it for 11 weeks. Now, if we're going to be anything similar to that, we've got potentially three and a half times the amount of time that we've been in lockdown for still to come. That's without long-term goals. That's probably without mid-term goals. Right now, like we spoke about last episode, be curious, adapt, enjoy it, overcome certain things. But if you're feeling demotivated, if psychologically you're struggling, get on Amazon and, and, and read some books on psychology. Understand it because information is power. And if you really get the game, if you get how your brain works, you start to understand yourself better. You can understand how to make this just a little bit more comfortable or become comfortable with the uncomfortable because that's going to translate onto the piece the minute you step outside the house and you get back into training again. Be armed with new information, new understanding about yourself to be able to take that into your training. This can be trained every day, whether it's me going out on the balcony and doing headspace and some breathing to Chris sitting down, listening to relaxing, calm music and just taking five minutes for himself to sitting there reading a great book like Winning Ugly or, or uh, Chimp Paradox or Mindfulness. At the moment, I'm reading a book called Habit and it's about understanding how habits are, are, are made and they're broken. And right now, build new habits, build new ways of thinking and adapting the situations because it's only going to translate into the bigger stage once we move away from all of this. And at the moment in time, British Fencing have got a, a really good thing they're doing. They've put out on their homepage about if you are struggling to be motivated, there are lots of points of contact that you can use because this isn't supposed to be comfortable for anybody. There's no way of thinking right now. And psychology is so important and it's such a, a, a key cornerstone to fencing and to any form of training that actually you start to get that right. You'll see your game change overnight. Yeah, definitely. And I think there, there are more things. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is about is talking about how there are known knowns known unknowns and unknown unknowns and you you can break pretty much everything down into those categories uh, i actually got that at uni uh I, I did design at uni it was one of the things kind of about production processes and things and you know one of our known knowns at the moment is that we're in lockdown and you know we know what our training is like you know our known unknown okay so we know at some point it will end but we don't know when, which kind of makes things hard to plan. An unknown unknown is things might come out of the blue. It might go on for considerably longer than we think it could. We might be affected by it in some way. Um, you know, we might we might catch this virus or something else. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that's quite good is, you know, competitions have been postponed and cancelled, which takes the pressure off, which is quite good. It means that we're you know, not necessarily losing ground to anyone, but we have the time to kind of focus on ourselves and, and looping what you were saying back around to refereeing again is, you know, fairness and, and having things within our control. How many times at the end of a competition have you sat there and gone, do you know, I'm really pleased with all the refereeing today. We're, we're never going to entirely agree with everybody that we've had or, you know, there's, there's just no way because refereeing is subjective to a degree and what we do is subjective because we're behind the mask and we feel a certain way even though it, even if it did or didn't look how we think it did so again kind of to do with fairness all we can really do is control the controllables and step yeah. back and be kind of you know you mentioned this before but be our our kind of rock in the ocean if we're a rock in the ocean there are waves coming around us sure. if you stand fast and you're solid you're never going to be drowned and mm. i think you know it, the kind of the chimp taking over is is the same as 
you know the water covering the rock and and not being able to breathe or kind of stand up or anything uh, and i i find that really helpful i think lots of people can have their own kind of metaphors for what this looks and feels like but definitely reading reading some books uh would go a long way no matter what level you fence out because those feelings are the same i imagine i've only ever been to one world cup but those feelings are the same whether or not you fence at the top level or kind of medium level or regionally or kind of, you know you're trying to qualify for the gb cup or qualify for the gb team mm. or trying to qualify for the olympics you, you those those feelings the emotions are all the same because it's a bit of a roller coaster and i i've found so far the kind of the further you go the more there is that unravels and you realize there is to learn but all you can do is really kind of control what you're going to do and like you've done before you've been doing your whole life actually is you didn't suddenly become much better at fencing you've put the work in it uh, along the line and you've identified points and you said right this is within my control this is within my control and my head is within my control and you know psychology is definitely something that that comes out of that and probably the biggest factor because i've heard people talk about positivity and uh one of the coaches at a club i go to south boston once told me about how he went to see his sports psychologist and the first thing he was asked is right imagine you're taking a parry okay great how good is your parry? And the answer was seven. I'm like, why is it seven? This is in your head. It should, it should be 10. <laughs> it should be as good as it can be. That's very true. Um, you know, and again, those things are within your control. You have, you have the power to, to, to imagine the positives. You have the power to, to have headspace and remove yourself from a situation and or commit to a certain training program or commit to less if that works better for you and you find yourself overwhelmed by this or uh you know as you said you're feeling really unmotivated and negative about everything that's going on at the moment you've got to do what works for you completely completely and you know what i i, I was once at a world cup and i was 14 10 up and i went yes i'm i'm gonna nail this i'm gonna absolutely smash this isn't this is gonna be great and then I lost with Team 14. And oh, no. from, that, from that day on, I vowed that I would uh, make sure that uh, I would never think about the future in fencing again. Um, and, Only a uh, few months ago. Not quite similar, but it was at the London Cup, actually. It was in the last one to it. And I knew what a 64 would mean for me and my ranking. Yeah. And uh, I think I was down for most of the fight. I think I was kind of 11-8 down or 12-8 down or something. Yeah, yeah. I leveled it at 12 all. You happened to be there that day. Uh, coaching more of your pupils as well so I'm really glad because you were there and you saw and then I got to 14 12 and my mindset went to okay one more and you and I said it out loud and you were there on the side of the piece going no 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 not one more the next one <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and, no, not one more it's all these little things we put in our in our brain and you know what time and time again I had to to retrain myself relearn the similar thought patterns the correct thought patterns and it, it's it's hard but it's enjoyable and you can do it right now while we've got all this extra time i think that kind of like brings us to a, a, a quite a nice conclusion there and we really hope you've enjoyed this episode and got something out of it um and hopefully it's made you feel a little bit more stable that that not just you are potentially feeling demotivated and if you are feeling motivated great excellent then um we refer you back to episode one when there's a lot of uh, uh, things to, uh, to to get on with um we were looking at potentially for episode three talking um about kind of tactical analysis and how that can be can be implemented into to your technical training so i'm going to try and do i think an episode a week chris so is that right we're going to aim to do an episode a week covering a variety of topics but also if there are things that people want to hear about mm. more uh you know we can prioritize those so get in touch 
on on Twitter or on Reddit or uh, in touch with either one of us if you know us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we definitely want feedback. And we've implemented some of that feedback in this episode already, so yeah, it definitely yeah. goes somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Get in contact. Um, you can either do that on on, on Twitter and the, the Fenced In podcast, or obviously subscribe on on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Um, and and as Chris said, you can get in contact with any either of us. Um, whether you know us or not. Um, if you've got Instagram or Facebook, you can uh, find me. Um, I've got my Ben Pegg's fencing page or uh, Ben Pegg's on, on, on Instagram. Um, and if you know Chris, drop him a message, drop him an email, and we'll try and implement some of those things that you guys want to hear because ultimately this is about giving you information to help you whilst you're in quarantine um, and in lockdown. Um, so really hope you enjoyed this episode and we, uh, we'll, we'll, we look forward to making our third one. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait. Uh, it's been great. And thank you to everyone that's been so positive on something that we were trying out and wanted to to be able to help with. So that's been great. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Make sure to review, subscribe and rate us on whatever platform. Uh, and we'll speak to you soon. Cool. See you later, guys.